At 1500 is a 30-minute interview with a person of interest in the Boone community. Today, I am interviewing Molly Thomas, the editor-in-chief of the Peel Literature and Arts Review. All right, I'm Eris here from 9.5 WASU with App 1800. I'm here with Molly Thomas. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Molly Thomas. As Eris just said, I am currently a senior at Appalachian State University, and I'm the editor-in-chief of the Peel Literature and Arts Review. Excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited you're here too. Okay, so just for people who don't know, what is the Peel? The Peel is App State's only literary magazine. So we are a student-led organization. We normally have over like 90 members, I think. But right now we're at lower capacity, I guess, because nobody loves Zoom. Uh, But we basically publish student literature, student visual art, including ceramics, paintings, etc., and poetry. And in committees, we decide kind of what gets published and we offer advice to artists. Okay, so since you're editor-in-chief, what do you do at The Peel? I know you used to edit prose too. I don't know if you still do that. I do not edit prose anymore. I'm not the prose editor anymore. However, I kind of miss it, honestly. I feel like there's this very direct connection to at least a portion of the art that we get submitted that is kind of lacking in the editor-in-chief role. As editor-in-chief, I'm kind of just the person in the background doing a bunch of admin stuff. Right now, I'm trying to find printer for our publication this coming semester because unfortunately, due to the pandemic, the press that we were using closed. So I'm trying to find a printer. I kind of delegate tasks. I host weekly editorial board meetings and I kind of delegate I just said delegate tasks that's really it just a bunch of admin stuff okay and I know since you just said your printer went out of business how often do you publish a copy I know I looked on your website and you have them virtually too so for listeners who want to check that out I'm at their website thepeelreview.com but yeah how often does a new publication come out We publish virtually on our website that Eris just nicely plugged at the end of every semester and then publish a physical copy, a book, usually around 90 pages, and a CD once a year at the end of spring semester. Okay, so can you run me through the submission process real quick and people who are not students at Appalachian State possibly submit work? For sure, to the first part. To the second part, unfortunately, we only take app student work because I don't really know why. I think it's more so something that comes down from admin above us. But the submission process is really straightforward on the ends of the submitters. If you're an artist or an author and you want to submit your work, you just go to, I might butcher it. I think it's thepeelreview.submittable.com. Either way, it's in the Peel Review's Instagram bio. But you go to that site, you can submit up to five works in every single category. And once we have the submissions in, your work is divided between categories. So we have a visual art committee, a poetry committee, a prose committee, and a sound committee. And those committees all get their respective submissions, meet once a week, discuss them, critique them, edit them. And then ultimately, it's much easier to publish more on the website because internet space is kind of infinite, but we have to be more selective in what we publish in the physical location. So that's kind of at the discretion of each committee head's desires, wishes, their standards. And then, yeah, you get notified that it's published and that's really it. 
Okay, cool. Thanks for running me through. I was just wondering all the different types of art you could accept. So tell me about your favorite part of your job at The Peel. I think my favorite part is really building connections with people, whether it be the heads of Ed board or the people that show up to events. Hannah Hagler, little shout out to Hannah. She is our PR event coordinator and social media coordinator this semester. And she has just done an amazing job at hosting online events that people actually want to come to because I think that that's the hardest thing is to get people onto Zoom in their free time because nobody wants to be on Zoom in their free time right now, which is totally understandable. But we just had a spring kickoff event where I think like over 30 people came. We had performances of people playing music, reading their stuff. One person kind of rapped and then we had an open mic and the vibes were just immaculate. Like everyone was so nice to each other and I got to meet new people. I accidentally said a controversial thing about Scorpios and this one girl brought it up in an improv song she played at the end of the event but it was just full of good vibes and it was just really nice that sense of community I think is what made me want to become the editor-in-chief because I wanted to make sure that kind of I don't know the community that I experienced as a committee member and then as prose editor was continued so community is definitely my favorite part yeah that experience sounds like really wholesome especially right now <laughs> just really not much interaction going on but i know we just talked about submissions but when are they due yeah for sure initial deadline okay february 7th that's when where you get like kind of in-depth critiques and edits which can be super helpful if you're trying to submit your work to other publications okay cool thank you what are y'all social medias if any just real quick Oh, yes. Social media plug. Uh, our Instagram is at The Peel Review and our Facebook is The Peel Literature and Arts Review. We do not have a Twitter. We do have a LinkedIn, but I don't really think it's necessary to plug a LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So do y'all have a location really? Or like, yeah. We used to. We used to be located in the second floor of the student union, kind of next to McAllister's in the Career Development Center. But since everything's online now, our space was so small that we kind of exceed any sort of capacity during COVID that's allowed. And it's being taken over by the Career Development Center. So right now we are completely remote, but I think we're supposed to get a new office space in August when things are hopefully kind of normal again. Okay, on that note, like I have to ask this question to everybody, but how did COVID-19 impact the peel? <laughs> impacted the peel a lot so covid hit last march it feels like forever ago but we were in the process of kind of i don't know ironing out the details of the publication the physical publication and then app kind of notified us that we just didn't have funding anymore for the book so they were kind of like well if you can find the funding you can have a book but if you can't then you know that sucks kind of so we immediately started brainstorming and we decided to do a gofundme and i don't remember the precise number but we were able to raise i think over five thousand dollars uh yeah from crowdfunding just so that we could publish a book. And I have so many copies of that book still in my trunk. So if any listeners want to hit up this radio station and let Eris know that you want some books, let me know. Um, yes. But yeah, so we lost all funding. And, you know, obviously, like every other organization, all of our meetings were moved online, which was just kind of a weird vibe to adjust to. But 
We also were impacted because we had our final release party planned for the end of the semester in spring, and that's usually our biggest event. Two years ago, we hosted our final release party. We hosted our final release party at Hatchet two years ago, and I think around, like, in total, in passing, between, like, 400 and 500 people showed up within, like, a three-hour time period. So it's, like, our most popular event of the year. It's really fun because we just get to celebrate everyone who's been published, and there are so many live performances and food and beer and stuff like that. But so (laughs) that obviously couldn't happen, and that was a real bummer. So we did our first Zoom event, which ended up going a lot better than I think we anticipated. It was much less awkward than what we had anticipated. So it turned out okay, but we normally host like three or four in-person events a semester, which have all had to be converted to online. And other than spring kickoff, turnout has been pretty low because like, you know, it's hard to get people to come virtually hang out when they can just spend time on their own. It's also harder to get submissions because I think people are in a real creativity depression. Some people I know are like posting online saying that they've had so much time to create and things like that. But I think that that's such a luxury. I think most students are in the position where they're having to do the same, if not work more on a condensed academic schedule. They're working part-time jobs. And then in their free time, I honestly feel like most of us are just trying to relax because I think that there's this extra stress that just comes from living in a pandemic. Like you go to the store and someone is just close to you and where you used to just think like, ah, oh, it's kind of annoying, like get away from me. Now you're like, you could literally, we've experienced less submissions, which is why I'm really hoping that we get a lot more submissions this semester, but it's also totally understandable. So yeah, I think overall, it's just kind of made things harder. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned like just outside of school and jobs and whatnot, just 2020, just aside from 2021 so far, 2020 had a lot of tumultuous changes that a lot of us were not ready to experience, I think. So yeah, I can see why it's kind of impacting into this semester too. So I'm curious, why is it called The Peel? I literally have no idea. It's folklore that has never made itself to me. I've wondered the same thing. I've asked editor-in-chiefs before me. None of them have the answer. It's just the peel, you know? The peel's the peel. That's fun. Okay, I like that. Okay, can you run me through what, like, the editing process is like? I know you talked some about the initial, but maybe past that, too, if, like, not to give away too much. Yeah, so the editing process in general is... Before initial, during initial, the editors rate piece kind of, and then they have five or six distinct categories that they write specific critiques. And critiques aren't always negative. Sometimes the critiques are your the mood portrayed by this story was really well executed. Your characters are super believable, et cetera, et cetera. But after those are sent back to authors, and artists whenever we have the list of people who are getting published I have my content editors uh, send me everything that they want published and all of their edits or suggested edits and then my associate editor and I just kind of do a once over throughout all of the pieces to make sure that there aren't any sort of edits that they missed grammatical mistakes things like that the hardest one to edit is poetry because (laughs) poetry is like so structurally subjective that most of the time, unless we just notice an inconsistency that we think was an accident, we always reach out to the author and ask, you know, is it okay if we change this one thing? But we kind of don't touch poetry. 
And then once we do that, we kind of have our final product. We send it over to the designer and they format it for print or put it up on the website. So with poetry, is that the only one you reach out to the person who submitted it and kind of just go over it? Well, we also reach out to prose, but prose is normally, it kind of depends with prose. If we are editing just a comma placement or a semicolon placement, that kind of thing that doesn't really affect the mood or theme or plot of the story, then we'll just change it and that's fine. But if we think that like one sentence needs to be altered or a certain word choice should be altered, we'll reach out and they kind of give us their permission or they don't give us permission. And so it doesn't get edited. Okay, cool. I looked at your website. I'm not sure if this is still true, but are there four critique committees? Yeah, there's poetry, prose, sound, and visual. And those committees, like how many people are in each? Like is it even or... It kind of varies. We don't really have any requirement for how many people need to be in a committee. Crows is always our largest committee, and I think that they're hovering around 15 members this semester. And past semesters, like when I was prose editor before the pandemic last year, I think that we had like 23 members. Uh, It varies, but sound is always just a few. I would say like about five. Poetry is normally like five to 10, maybe. And visual, I think, is normally around five to 10 as well. Okay. And just to talk about your website more, I really liked it. It was really cute. What is the zest part? So zest is kind of like a feature. I think in other newspapers and magazines, they're called features. But we call our zest, I'm not sure if it ties into the whole peel thing, but then that comes another question about the meaning of the word peel, because we advertise with bananas a lot, but zest is citrus, so I don't really know. However, yeah, zest is features. So right now, our zest editor, Trevor Laffin, he and his committee members kind of, well, I think he really only has like a right-hand man, so to speak, but they brainstorm on different creatives throughout the community and they can be anywhere from like DJs to fire spinners to like hula hoopers that kind of thing people who express their creativity in just any sort of way and in that way Zest offers a really interesting look into the creative community and I think creative mediums that aren't often given their due. I think a couple years ago we had like a makeup artist, sometimes we have sculptors, that kind of thing. So they just write kind of about, I guess, a profile on those people and kind of walk through their process, ask them about, you know, why they do what they do. I think it's a much more intimate look into the artist themselves rather than kind of the work that they produce. That is so cool. Like, yeah, that's really cool. That's just I really like that. Um, I was just really curious. And also, I saw the social justice part. Um, I know there really wasn't anything there yet. So, like, what can be expected to be there maybe later? Yeah, so, like you and I kind of already discussed, submissions have been really down. And so, I think broadly, we're terming it social justice. It's kind of under construction right now. But last semester's focus was on race and racial liberation. And so, we sent out a call specifically for non-white folks to submit their work about race and racial liberation. And we have a poem that was published under that tab. And we're working on some website kinks, unfortunately, with kind of putting the poem in. For some reason, that page isn't coding correctly. So we might have to delete that page this semester and kind of rework it entirely. But this semester is more so on like 
sex, sexual liberation, and gender liberation, kind of beyond the binary stuff, which if you, anybody listening has any pieces that they have written in the past or are currently writing or music, visual art, whatever, about kind of your gender experience, sexual experience, etc., definitely encourage you to submit it and publish it. When we were coming up with the spotlight, I think social justice just kind of encompassed both of those ideas. And we really wanted to make this year's, I don't know, this year's publication kind of a time capsule for what a transformative social, like socially oriented year 2020 and 2021 seemed to be. So we really wanted to highlight kind of the experiences of folks navigating the world in marginalized identities. That's great. How did you become involved with Appeal and how can others or people listening if they're interested? So I became involved with Appeal by going to Club Expo my sophomore year, beginning of my sophomore year. And I saw this kind of cool painted sign and I was like, oh, they seem creative. And I walked up to them, they were super friendly. And I started on the pros committee as just a member and getting involved is actually super easy. You can reach out to me at thomasmk1 at appstate.edu just via email, or you can DM us on our social media platforms and ask to get involved and we'll connect you with like the proper, I guess, editor of the committee you want to be on. And then they'll reach out, tell you when their meetings are, and then you can just be involved. It's pretty low stakes. I think to be considered a member, technically speaking, you have to attend about 80% of meetings, but you can always kind of just float in and out. Your name just kind of won't be in the book, but you'll still be able to hang out and talk about art and creative stuff. So, yeah. One more question. How can we support the Peel? Or just like, you know, we as a collective, App State, students, faculty, listeners? Yeah, I think that Honestly, one of the greatest ways that people can support the Peel is by creating themselves, whether it be ceramics, painting, drawing, poetry, prose, spoken word, music, etc. If you create and you're a creator and you just are able to be creative, especially during times like these, then do that and encourage others to create through your art and, you know, submit, submit to the appeal. We kind of can't have a publication unless people submit and we want to give platform to artists' voices and music, etc. But yeah, submitting, the events are always awesome if you have the time and you feel like you have the, I guess, you know, emotional or energetic capacity to kind of attend another event online, then stay up to date with our social medias and come to our events because they are really fun and you will meet people that you enjoy and that you have a connection with. If that's one thing, again, I said it earlier, the Peel's given me, it's like a sense of creative community. But yeah, just create, encourage others to create, submit, and if you want to show up to events. Okay, and I know it's your last semester, but what do you see for the future of the Peel? If, like, anything with, like, post-COVID or just, like, what can we see in 2022? Oh, God. Luckily, I think that we'll see Peel events happening in person again, and so we'll see a much larger community, and we'll see more art being submitted, and just a larger presence of the Peel on campus. And hopefully we'll see an increase I don't know, an increase, but an evolution in the way that we're able to use technology to publish sound. So a lot of people don't really have CD players in their cars anymore. 
And that's really the only way that we can publish music mediums. I know last year we created a Spotify, but we would love to kind of come up with a way to have a more physical attachment to music that is still modern enough to be digital. But yeah, I see increased community, increased creativity. I think I just really hope that this pandemic and being virtual hasn't set the organization back too much when it comes to cultivating that kind of community in large numbers because it's just such a great way to be able to express yourself in a judgment-free zone and to enjoy art with people that you don't know but still have a really fun time. Yeah, I just wanted to plug the um, publication y'all come out with. I actually found the one that you gave me last year. I had two. And the ones that, like, the visual art that attracted me, I put it on my wall, so I kind of have them just, like, spread throughout. Like, I have, I don't know, I'm gonna just take it off this one. I have, like, this, I just cut it out. I love that. Yeah, it's, like, I don't know. So I hope y'all are able to have more submissions in the future. And, unfortunately, this interview is going to come out on the day when the initial deadline is due. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it's okay. They have until midnight. Okay. So. Yeah. There, you heard that, folks, till midnight. And this is going on at 9 a.m., so midnight. But Let um, me know if you want another book. Send me your address, and I'll send you the new book. Okay. Yay. Okay, so I'm going to stop recording real quick. From 90.5 WASU, I'm Eris Sodermilk, Assistant News Director, and this is F1800.